Well, welcome to Vibe Church. Listen, if this is your first time, we're so glad that you are here. And uh, on the seat, when you came in or somewhere near your seat, there were these cards that says, this is us. This is our current message series that we're doing. And uh, we're in week two of that. And we're just talking about who we are as a church and what we're all about. And so next, our next series is actually going to be called Supernatural. We're going to get into talking about all kinds of interesting things with the supernatural. And so I invite you to, to come and be a part of that. That's going to be starting in October. But um, I don't know how you were when you were young, but I, I wanted to grow up fast. I think most kids do, right? We want to grow up. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I remember standing in my dad's shoes. I don't know how, what size uh, shoe my dad actually wore, but, but, you know, as a kid, they seem like they're just like water skis almost, you know, they're just huge. And I just remember wanting to grow up so fast, and I couldn't wait to get mail. Remember that? Anyway, like, like now it's email and all that stuff, but, you know, couldn't wait to get, like, my own mail. Now I wish the mail would not come. You know how that is, right? It's only bills, right? So, but, but I just wanted to grow up. I, I remember, like, I, I don't remember this as, as uh, a kid because there were six of us, and it would probably... Not have worked out well, but when my kids were growing up, we would always mark on the door frame. I don't know if you guys, anybody did that at your house, you know, and you just mark up the, the door frame, how tall, and you know, just seeing them grow up, right? Um, how about the time when, when you got up, now they don't really have this anymore, Saturday morning cartoons. Remember those things? That was back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, right? <clears throat> now you just got 24, you know, everything. But uh, Saturday morning cartoons, I remember getting up and not needing my parents' help, right? I mean, and, and I remember when my kids got to that point where they could get up on Saturday mornings and they could, they could just get their own breakfast, watch cartoons, and we get to sleep in. That was just a glorious moment in life, right? We, we, we kind of, we were looking forward to our kids growing up and, and you know, fast, right? So... We didn't have to do those things. We didn't have to wipe their butt anymore. You know, who wants to do that, right? We, they could take care of themselves. You know, growth is normal and so is maturity. But they're two different things. You can, you can <coughs> excuse me, you can grow up and never mature. We all know people like that, right? Who are grown but not mature. Uh, now, now if, if you still need supervision on Saturday mornings, that's a whole nother conversation that we'll have, but, but, uh, but, but typically we, we look forward to growing up. Get that over with. All right. Um, but, I, you know, when I, when I turned 18 years old, I couldn't wait again to, to kind of take that next level of growth and be independent. Remember we talked about that last week and how we struggle with dependence and independence and we go back and forth. But I couldn't wait when I turned 18 to be independent, right? I couldn't wait to be free from that tyrannical, tyr, tyrannical um, rule, uh, you know, my parents' rules and, and all of that. And I just wanted to do my own thing, have my own thing, have my own hours, have my, you know, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. Has anybody else, you know, experienced that? And you know, I think most people do, right? You want to do your own thing. And I just couldn't wait to get married because I could get married and I could do whatever I wanted to. <laughs> Y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up call. Doesn't always work that way, does it? 
Not if you want to be happy. But we, we're looking for this freedom. We're looking for this, this you know, growing up. and <laughs> Sorry, got this cough. But anyway, spiritual growth is not something that's optional. When it comes to our, our physical growth, obviously that's not an option either. We're going to grow up. You're, gonna, you're going to grow. Um, maturity then is something different. But spiritual maturity and spiritual growth is something that is not optional in our lives. And um, as we talk about who we are as a church and what we're all about, last week we talked about the importance of relationships. We're all about relationships. I don't want to just be a friendly church. If I want friendliness, I can go into to, uh, a restaurant, you know, or Lowe's. Lowe's isn't really friendly anymore. Uh, if you work for Lowe's, I'm sorry. I spend a lot of time at Lowe's. Um, but... You know, I could go somewhere where they just say, hey, you know, when you walk in the door and they don't only look at you. That's not the kind of church I want to be. I just want Ava. Well, good morning. <laughs> Sorry, Ava's here. She's in the Air Force. She's from out of town. Um, but I, I want to be a relational church because I believe God wired us for relationships. I, I believe that we grow spiritually through those relationships, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But, uh, but we're all about relationships. We're all about going deeper in relationships and not just experiencing that relationship cycle that we all go through where we, we have that enamored moment. And you're like, oh, wow, you're just, you're so cool. You're so awesome. And then, you know, later it's like, I can't stand you. And we go through this cycle of relationships all the time. And, and we try to break that. Being part of a church is important because if we don't break that cycle, then what happens is you know, you get excited about, wow, this is cool church, this is a new church, this is everything, and then you start to see all the bad things, right? Like we do in our relationships. And we break that and we grow through those, through those times. So we're about relationships, but we're also about growing. We're about growing spiritually, maturing spiritually. And what, are, what does that look like? This morning, we're going we're gonna to look at what does that exactly look like? Because I think we have perceptions of what it means to grow spiritually that are, that are not accurate, and I hope maybe we can bring some clarification to that. But let's look at what the Apostle Paul says. Apostle Paul writes a letter to the church in Ephesus, and we get the benefit of that. It's God's word. It's for us. And let's look at it. It says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, and some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service. So, if you're ever wondering, what is the pastor's job? It's to equip you. It's to build you up. To prepare you. You're God's people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. And from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. When you read this passage of scripture, you can see 
that the Apostle Paul, as he was writing to the church in Ephesus, and what is expected of every believer and every follower of Jesus is spiritual maturity and spiritual growth. That we're supposed to grow up in our faith. That we don't just come into a relationship with God and not grow. Church is not a religion. It's not a place we just come to. It's, it's a, a place where we belong. And so how do we grow, though? How do we, how do we mature? How do we, how do we measure that, right? Physical growth is, is easy to measure. The waistline starts getting a little tight, right? I mean, when I was younger, you know, my pants would get shorter, you know, and I had I'd flood pants. Anybody have those? I got hand-me-downs. I was, I was the youngest of four boys, so I got all the hand-me-downs. And, but, you know, when you're younger, you know, things just don't fit anymore. When you get older, things don't fit anymore either. But it, physical growth is, is easy to measure. But maturity takes a little more to assess. Takes a little more to look at, and, and, and what do we look at? I think a lot of times we look at the wrong things, though. You know, what we measure uh, is, are the things that are important to us, right? We measure our age. Some of you ladies have quit counting. I get it. Um, but we, we measure our age still. We don't tell anybody, right? Um, we measure test scores. They really matter. Unless you fail, and you're like, ah, it really doesn't matter. You know, we, uh, we measure our weight, right? We measure salaries, right? If that check's short this week, it's like, yo, what happened? Going back, talking to the boss. What are some of the things, think about it, what are, the, what are some of the things in your life that you measure? What are some of the things that you, 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 you're, you're checking and you're, you're measuring those things? I've heard the statement, is so true, too, that measured performance is improved performance. You can't improve something if you don't measure it, right? If you're trying to lose weight, it's hard to do that without some kind of measurables. Now, I know you may not want to get on that scale, but you're at least measuring that, the belt, the, the way things fit. You're measuring things. It's important to you. And so measured performance is improved performance. But how do we measure spiritual growth? What does spiritual maturity look like? I want to look at some of the wrong ways real quick, and then I'm going to jump into the right ways. But some of the wrong things that we look at or some of the wrong ways that we measure spiritual growth, it can give us a, 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 you know, a, a wrong perception or wrong idea of where we're at spiritually, if we're looking at the wrong stuff. We used to have two scales. Actually, I think we still do have two scales. And, um, uh, and, and, but they both read something different. It's, it's interesting. Uh, and so you go to the one, of course, that reads a little less than the other one. If we're not careful, we can look at the wrong measurables. And we can get a false sense of that, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, I'm I'm where I need to be spiritually, right? So some of the wrong things or some of the wrong ways to measure spiritual growth that we fall into is our feelings, right? Have you ever measured spiritual growth by your feelings? How many of you feel good about where you are spiritually right now? You feel good about it. Nobody wants to raise their hand. 
but it's our feelings. You know, I feel, I feel good. I feel like, I feel like I'm firing on all cylinders. I feel like, man, you know, we're, I'm doing good. It's, you know, I'm reading my Bible. I'm, you know, I'm this and that. I'm, you know, but I, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. And we use our feelings as the measurement of spiritual growth. Or maybe it's not feeling good. Maybe it's feeling bad. I feel bad. I feel like I'm not where I need to be with God. And so we use that as a measuring. Now, it's not that our feelings uh, should not be involved in the process, but they can be very misleading, right? A lot of things can affect our feelings. And it's easy to get stuck in a feeling. It's easy to get stuck in, 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 a, in a, a season of your life where you felt good about your relationship with God. If you've been serving the Lord, if you've been following Jesus for any time, you've gone through a lot of different seasons. And there's been times in your life where you just, man, you just felt like, I'm on cloud nine with Jesus. I'm just, I'm, me and him are like best friends. And we're, we're just, we're, everything is great, right? You have those moments. And those are great. But sometimes if we're not careful, we can get stuck there. And we can constantly want to revisit that. We want, what do I need to do to get back to that place in my life when I was so on fire for Jesus? Maybe you said those words. It's a dangerous place to be because we're, like, we're trying to recreate a season in our life and we'll never be back there. doesn't mean that you won't be on cloud nine with Jesus and experiencing his presence in a powerful way. But you're never going to be back there, right? It's like in our, our relationships. If we're not careful, uh, if you're married here this morning, you, you can get stuck in trying to recreate something. You know, this certain romance that you experienced at, at this phase of your relationship. And, and man, you know, I just want to be right back to that place. Can I give you some bad news this morning? I know you didn't come here for bad news, but you may never get back to that place doesn't mean you won't have romance. It's just going to look different. It's going to feel different. Don't get stuck in your life. Don't get stuck spiritually in a feeling. And that's, this is important to hear for, for some of you who've had really powerful experiences with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit. And, and you, can, you can just kind of be trying to reproduce that. I see it a lot as a pastor. People come in. They visit the church. It's new. They're, they're looking for that thing that they had some, at some other place or some other season in their life. And it puts a real pressure on, uh, on all of us who are here to, like, recreate that. We're not going to do that. We're going we're gonna to be us. And it's really dangerous for us to get stuck there. So here's what I'm saying. Just You, you can't get stuck in those feelings that's not the, the most accurate way of measuring spiritual growth. You can also, uh, obviously, you can get stuck in the negative, you know. But that's one of the ways that we measure spiritual growth is our feelings. Another way that we measure spiritual growth is by our Bible knowledge. I believe we should know the Word of God. Let me just clarify that. And like we talked about last week and is that this generation, it's been said, I believe it to be true, is, is the most biblically Ill, illiterate generation of our time. 
People don't know the Bible. I believe we should know the Bible. But listen, how well you know the Bible is not necessarily an accurate measurement of spiritual maturity. You can quote verses of the Bible. You can quote chapters of the Bible. You can, you know, you, you've got it. You just, you know, you know concepts. You know your theology. You can, you know, share all that. Those of us who have been around for a while, we, we get it. We meet people. You, 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 you know, interact with people and you realize that they know the Bible, but they don't know Jesus. There are a lot of people like that. And so if it's Bible knowledge, it's not the most accurate way. Now, again, let me clarify. Let me kind of sandwich it. I believe we should know the Word of God. I'm not saying be dumb as rocks when it comes to the Bible. I'm saying be biblically literate. Know the Word. But just because you can quote Scripture doesn't mean that you are spiritually mature, right? Right? I think James, it's the book of James who says that even the demons in hell know the word of God. That they tremble. They have a sense to tremble at least. And so we need to, that's not the most accurate way. Another way that we measure spiritual growth, if, if you're, uh, this is a church who believes in the gifts of the spirit. And maybe that you've been in churches like that and you've experienced that. Um, sometimes we think that the person who operates in gifts of the Spirit, they give prophetic words, they speak in tongues, they interpret, they, they, man, they've prayed for people and they've been healed, that, that that person is like the spiritual mature person in the church. That's not the most accurate way of measuring spiritual growth. You would think, oh man, well why would, why would they not be spiritually mature if they can operate in the gifts of the Spirit? doesn't mean that they don't love Jesus. It doesn't mean that they're not spiritually mature, but it's not the most accurate way of measuring spiritual maturity. There's a passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel. It's a story. Uh, there's actually several passages, and the story is about King Saul. And uh, King Saul uh, was anointed king of Israel, first king of Israel. And, um, and then along comes David. David is anointed as a successor, because Saul disobeys the Lord, God rejects him as king, and uh, and so when Saul starts to feel threatened by David, he's losing his mind. He's he's, and the Bible actually says he's tormented by an evil spirit. And some say he's possessed. Some say he was oppressed. It you know whatever your theology is on that, but King Saul had a real struggle spiritually. And when David would play music and worship for him, the demon would leave him alone and leave him. And, and so there's this guy who's tormented with this demonic presence in his life. But in several, several occasions in 1 Samuel, you see that Saul actually prophesies. One time, uh, he's actually pursuing David and he's, he's trying to kill David and the Spirit of the Lord comes on him, and he begins to prophesy. I, when I read, I, you know, when I first started following Jesus and I read that, I was like, what, what's up with that? That's like, whoa. We can get this false sense of spirituality or spiritual maturity because of the gifts of the Spirit. I don't understand all of it, to be honest. But just because you speak in tongues, 
Just because God uses you in prophetic words, that's not the most accurate measurement of spiritual growth. Amen? Some of you are really confused. Well, I'm going to straighten it all out here in just a little bit. Another thing that we use as measuring device to measure spiritual growth is our works. The things we do. This is a real trap, a real danger for people. And it's, it's dangerous because, honestly, a lot of pastors uh, can contribute to this. Because it's like pastors are looking for somebody to help them. And so someone comes in and says, I want to get involved. I want to do this. I want to do that. And so pastors are like, yes. You know, and so they, they just, the people dive in, they get involved, and they get lost in the stuff they do. They may be in nursery. They may be in kids' church. They may, you know, be in, in tech, you know, production, worship. What, but they're, in, they're involved in ministry, and they're serving, and they're doing works. And it's real easy to substitute what you do for who you are. It's really easy to get lost in that. Now, I know that it sounds crazy. Why would pastors say that? You know, because we just talked this morning. Kevin just talked about the importance of getting connected, right, and serving. I'm not saying we shouldn't serve. I'm actually, it's on the wall. We're actually going to talk about that in a couple weeks. It's so important to serve. But if you're serving, if you're doing and you're substituting your relationship with God and spiritual maturity by the things you do, there's no substitute. And it can be dangerous because like, oh, well, I'm, I'm really involved. I'm, I'm real involved. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And so it can give us a false reading, a false sense of spiritual maturity. <clears throat> I do believe, that's why it's on our wall. That's why it's one of our core values. I do believe serving is part of our spiritual growth. I believe we grow through that. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. But it's not a substitute. It's not a substitute. It's not, it's not the most accurate way of measuring. I'm glad we have people who serve so faithfully and you know, we're, we're always really careful. I'm super careful as a pastor to not allow people to get so involved that they substitute that for spiritual maturity. You get what I'm saying, right? Another thing that we use as a, as a measuring device is our mistakes, our sin, our struggles that we have. And because we have this reoccurring struggle with our flesh, we, we can easily say, I, I'm just not where I need to be. I'm just not right with God. And, and we can misunderstand what's going on in our lives. I do believe that we should be victorious in our life, that we, that we are, conquer those struggles in our flesh. When you look at Paul, the apostle, I think about something that he said. He said, you know, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I want to do. I struggle, and there's this battle going on inside of me. Even the Apostle Paul uh, understood that. There's a struggle that we have. <laughs> Excuse me. There's a struggle that we have with our flesh, and sometimes we can use those mistakes, those, those struggles, as the indicator. Here's my favorite one of all. 
that we use, and that's other people. I'm not as bad as Kevin. I'm not as bad as her. I'm not as bad, right? We don't typically say that out loud. Sometimes we do. But that's not an accurate measurement of spiritual maturity, right? Well, I'm not as bad as them, so I must be, I must be good. I'm good with Jesus because they're really bad, right? All of us need to fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. Don't ever. This gets people twisted and messed up so badly. Don't ever focus on other people and where they're at. I hear it all the time. I'm not going to church anymore because this person did that or I got hurt. And like, Your focus was on the wrong person to begin with. If you focus on people, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to get hurt. Don't focus on people. <clears throat> focus on Jesus. All right, here it is. So those, those are all the, I think, the wrong ways that we measure spiritual maturity. And we all fall into those traps, and we all, we all struggle with that at times. But I believe here's the right way to measure spiritual maturity, because we're all about growing. Spiritual growth at Vive Church is not an option. We're going to help you grow. If you're following Jesus and you call Vive Church your home, I want to help you grow spiritually. I don't want to see you continue to be an infant like Scripture talks about, Paul talks about in, in, the, in the letter to the Ephesians. I don't want to see you tossed here and there. I don't want to see you struggle in your relationship. I want to see you mature. I want to see you grow. I want to see you be healthy in your relationship with the Lord. And so we're going to encourage that. We're going to encourage spiritual growth. Here are the things to look for when it comes to spiritual maturity. First of all is fruit. How do we measure spiritual maturity? Is there fruit in your life? How do I know if it's an orange tree or an apple tree? Or how do I even know if that tree is alive, period, right? If, it's, if it doesn't have any leaves and it's in your yard and you say, well, it's an apple tree, it's going to produce, but it hadn't had leaves in a few years, it's dead, all right? I know you might be hoping it's alive. What, what reveals spiritual growth and maturity in our lives is fruit. Galatians 5, through 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there's no law. So the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit at work in our lives is fruit. There's life. If you want to know, man, am I, am I growing spiritually? Am I maturing spiritually? Is there fruit there? Now, some of us want to make some of these things optional, right? It's like, I'm not real patient, but I make up for it in the love. I'm not real kind, but I make up for it in my self-control. No, this is, the, this is the fruit of the Spirit. This isn't optional. This isn't like picking fruit, like I want that one, that one. It's evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. He develops us. 
We grow in those things. We grow in love. We grow in kindness. We grow in gentleness. We grow in self-control. Again, it's real easy to just say, well, yeah, but I'm not as bad as that person. And there we, we revert back to the wrong measuring tool. If, if, you, if you want to jump on the scale that lies to you, you can. There's lots of scales to do that. But if you want to know what spiritual growth really looks like and spiritual maturity as you look at your life, look for the fruit. If there's fruit, there's growth. There's life, right? Now, it doesn't mean that you're, everything's fully developed. It doesn't mean that, man, I just I look at that list and I just, I've got it all. It's 100%. It's just flowing. That's not, that's not the case, right? Probably won't be the case until Jesus comes back. We're all working on those things. But fruit is a great indicator, a great measuring device. <clears throat> Here's another one that, that probably you would never think would be on the list that is a, a measuring device or what to look for when it comes to spiritual maturity, but it's trials. Trials. It's like, man, what, what? when I started following Jesus, they told me that everything was going to be great, that Jesus just fixes it all. And, and he's just going to, whenever I pray, he's going to answer every prayer. I'm always going to feel good, right? If somebody told you that, they lied to you. Because the Bible doesn't teach that. One of the indicators of spiritual maturity is the presence of trials in our lives. Some of you going through it. You're thinking, why me? What did I do? Did I make God mad? Should have helped that little old lady across the street. I knew it, right? What's going on? The presence of trials is actually the indication of spiritual growth. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, there's that word, and complete, not lacking anything. So when there's things going on in your life and you're struggling and, and it just seems like, man, all hell seems to leash, be unleashed against you, listen, as much as, as we, we think, you know, maybe I made God mad or maybe I'm not doing things right and I need to do this more, I need to do, you know, the presence of trials, I believe, is, is indication that you're in the right place. That the enemy is coming against us. But whatever he uses for evil, God uses for good. He turns it around. That's his promise. And he gives us beauty for ashes. But he doesn't promise us that we're not going to go through struggles and trials. First Peter actually even talks about it as well. That... that we're going to face trials. We're going to face difficult times. God is working in that to develop us and to mature us. So if you're going through something, be encouraged. And know that God is producing something in your life. I know you may not feel like you did when you were in that one season of your life. And you're just, man, it, I was just like really close to Jesus and everything was going great. And, but I feel really bad right now because this is happening in my life and I'm experiencing this and this. I believe God is growing you. He's maturing you. 
You know, the interesting thing about spiritual maturity, too, just as well as physical growth, is it's not something that we set out and say, okay, I'm going to grow today, right? Spiritual growth is something that God does. It's something that the Holy Spirit initiates in our life. He's not waiting for you to give him the approval to, okay, I'm ready to grow now. He's maturing us. Where we get off track is we use the wrong measuring devices. We use the wrong, the wrong signs. And we get frustrated and we decide to take it into our own hands. And we're going to do something else. We're going to do this, do that. We're going to move to this, move whatever you know it looks like. But trials are, are one of those indicators. <clears throat> Some of you may be feeling like, man, I should be a spiritual giant then next week, right? Anybody? <clears throat> Another way to measure spiritual growth is through our relationship with Jesus. It's following Jesus. This thing is a relationship. It's not religion. It's not something we check off the boxes every week. But it's a relationship. And all relationships go through seasons. And they grow. Paul says to the church in Ephesus, again, as we already read it, but it says, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body Joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We grow through this relationship that we have with Jesus, but we also grow like we talked about last week. The importance of relationships, the importance of the fact that we are all about relationships as a church, relationships with one another, is that we grow through those relationships. I'm going to grow spiritually because of you. You're going to grow spiritually because of me. As we interact, as we do life, and we, we grow, we help each other grow spiritually. We're going to grow in, through those relationships if we, if we stick it out, right? We, we have a real problem in our culture. That relationship cycle that we talked about last week is a real problem. We see it at every level. And it, and it just, it carries over into marriage relationships and it's in our families and we just get frustrated with people and we can't handle the baggage that they have and, and so we just, we start all over again. And we don't understand the value of relationships and we don't understand the value of relationships that, that we invest in and we press past misunderstandings, right? See, we're going to grow through relationships, we're going to grow through our relationship with Jesus. And that relationship goes through seasons. Sometimes it's great, everything's going well. Sometimes we wonder, God, are you there? Where are you? But as we continue in that relationship, we grow We're all about growing here at Vive Church. We're all about growing spiritually. We're all about growing and measuring that growth in the right way. 
it would be wrong for us to just to give some false sense of, of measurement or uh, idea of growth. My goal, my, my desire as a pastor was, we read it in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12, is to equip you, to, to grow you, to, to foster that spiritual growth. I can't grow for you, but I can lead you into the right things. So I want to see you grow spiritually. It's not an option. It's not an option here. It's not an option in our relationship with the Lord. But let's grow. Can we stand? Relationships are are vital. Our relationship with Jesus is vital to our spiritual growth and measuring our spiritual growth. Relationship with Jesus isn't the fact that we just acknowledge his existence. Right? But relationship involves so much more. Where are you at right now in your relationship? Is there separation? Is there something between you and God? Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? And just close your eyes. And I would love to lead you in a prayer. And Maybe you're here this morning. And you're not in a relationship with Jesus. You're far away from God. You, you know that you know, things aren't right and haven't been right for a long time. And there are things that have gotten in between you and God. It starts with relationship. It ends with relationship. It's, it's vital. I want to pray for you. Father, I, I just pray for that person this morning that is not in a relationship with you and they've allowed something to come between. Maybe they just have never, never even initiated that relationship. But I pray, Father God, that you would just deposit that faith, that saving faith into their hearts right now. Pray for your presence and your power, your Holy Spirit to draw. If that's you, say, I'm I'm not in a relationship with God, but I want to be. I want to know for sure that that, that I'm in a relationship with the Lord, and and I want to know for sure that I can grow in this relationship and be what God created me to be. I want to lead you in a prayer. This is your prayer. It's not mine, but I'm going to lead you. I'm going to help you take that step into a relationship with Jesus. And would you just pray this prayer from your heart with me? Just say, Jesus, I acknowledge who you are. And I recognize 
my need for you. I surrender to you. I trust you. I give my heart to you. Make me new. Forgive me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to know so I can help you. If you prayed that prayer, that's the beginning. That's where it all starts. At some point, all of us started right there. If you're still there, you haven't grown, something's wrong. You've been using the wrong measuring device. You've gotten stuck. Let me pray for us this morning that God would help us to grow spiritually. Again, spiritual growth is not something that we're like, I'm going to grow and this week I'm going to grow more than, than I have in the last three years. It's not going to happen. It's, 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 the Holy Spirit is the one that works it in your life. But I tell you what will happen when you make a decision to say, you know what? I want to take this thing seriously. I want to take my relationship with God seriously. And I really do want to mature and I really do want to grow. The enemy is going to come against you. Things are going to happen. You know one of the ways that the fruit of the Spirit is developed in your life? That patience? God puts somebody in the office that's like, dear Jesus, do I really have to deal with them? Right? And you're like, man. The other option is to just continue to be spiritually immature. To be tossed here and there. To be deceived by the enemy easily. That's the other option. It's really not an option, right? Let's grow up. Let's mature. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to develop fruit in our lives. Let's, let's embrace when the enemy brings things into our life and he tries to destroy us. We know that God is for us. He's not against us. And we know that whatever's happening, God's going to use it for his glory. It's not going to take us out. Amen? We know that trials develop us and mature us. They complete us. So if you're going through a trial right now, hold on to him. Don't question him. Don't get bitter towards God. Hold on to him and trust him. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you for our family. And I thank you, Lord, for each and every person who has prayed that prayer at some point in their life to begin that relationship with you and, and to this, this journey with you. Lord, we need your presence and we need your Holy Spirit working in us. And I pray, Father God, that you would move and develop 
each and every one of us, Lord, that we would grow, that we would be mature, not lacking anything. But if we do lack something, Lord, that you would bring that growth in our lives. I thank you, Father, for what you're you're doing, what you're going to do in us and through us as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we sing that song together? Amen. Shout. 